So are you all ready for Christmas? No, no, still a few days to go, isn't there? There's still a, a lot going on. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it said uh, that there are three seasons in a man's life. He believes in Santa. He doesn't believe in Santa. He is Santa. <laughs> I actually think uh, Christmas is hard for dads. It is, isn't it? You know, because, well, first of all, you've got to get the wife a present. I asked Andrea, who's my wife, in case you didn't know, uh, I said, what would you like for Christmas? And she looked at me with despair and said, I've been giving you hints for three months. <laughs> it's just going kind of goes straight over my head. And then, of course, you've got to get the Christmas decorations out. You've got to make sure the lights are all working. Then there's Christmas Day nightmare. The kids are getting the toys out. You have to put all the toys together. You have to make them up. And, of course, you get to that moment where you switch it on and you realise there's no batteries. And it's just like an endless stream of things that you need to do. And of course, many dads will have had their Arnie moments, their jingle all the way moments. If you've seen the film, you'll know what I mean, where your child asks for that present that you just cannot get. When uh, my youngest daughter was about, I think she was about three, uh, two days before Christmas, she said, Mommy, I want a washing machine. That's a washing machine. And I, a washing machine, you want a washing machine? And she said, that's all I want off Father Christmas is a washing machine. So with two days to go, we were on the internet, we were visiting every shop, we managed to find one. The only one, literally the only one in Liverpool. Comes to Christmas Day, she opens up this big present and there's the washing machine. And she starts to cry and I automatically think, wow, she's just tears of joy. <laughs> but it's not, she's horrified. She wanted a real washing machine. <laughs> it's just not fair, is it? I mean, I literally spent two full days looking for that toy and it just wasn't good enough. Christmas is full of all sorts of things like that, all sorts of pressures that are on all of us. It can be a nightmare. And we all have our own stories to tell about Christmas. And uh, maybe your story this year is a story of joy and happiness, or maybe your story this year is one of difficulty, of grief, or despair. We all have our own stories. And uh, in our church over this, uh, this month, we've been looking at all the stories of the characters in the Nativity story. Uh, and so on Christmas Eve, we're going to think about Joseph, and Christmas Day, we'll think about Mary, and next Sunday, we're going to think about the wise men. Uh, this morning, we thought about the innkeeper, and of course, there isn't an innkeeper in the Christmas story. Did you not know that? Uh, we've thought about the shepherds, and so it goes on. But tonight, I want us to think about one character, again, who isn't really mentioned. He hasn't got a proper role in the nativity story. But he's there pulling all the strings. That's God himself. What's God's view of Christmas? What does he think about when he looks at us all celebrating Christmas? Because it is all about him, isn't it? He's behind the whole story of Christmas. Everything that we celebrate over Christmas was initiated by God. And he goes to a lot of trouble. You know, most of us know people, don't we, who, when they give a gift, they don't just give any gift. You know, it's like, 
It's like the perfect gift and it's wrapped immaculately. Andrew and I know a couple of people like that. Whenever they give us a gift, our heart sinks because we know it's going to be better than any gift we've ever given them. And they've made their own tags. They've made their own tinsel to wrap the present. They've done the whole thing and it looks beautiful. It looks so good, you don't want to even open it. They go to so much trouble to show that they care. And God goes to a huge amount of trouble before the very first Christmas. Do you know that in the Old Testament, there are over 300 prophecies about Jesus? Over 300. Every single one of them was fulfilled in his birth, his life, and his death. It's like God was leaving hints and clues all the way through time about who this baby would be, about how this baby would be born. Since the beginning of time, people have been waiting for this Messiah and God's been giving clues all the way through. It wasn't simply by chance that Jesus was born that day. It wasn't an accident. It had been planned. It had been purposed by God for that moment in time to perfectly fulfill every single clue that he's ever given. But it's not always easy to follow clues, is it? Uh, I don't know if you have a tradition in your family that, like we do. We have lots of traditions for Christmas. One of them is Christmas Eve pyjamas. Anyone do that? Yeah? So uh, we started when our girls were, were babies. They would go up to get changed and they'd have brand new pyjamas for Christmas Eve. Uh, and after a few years, that got a little bit stale. So we started to play little games around it. We pretend that they didn't have Christmas Eve pyjamas and then produce them. And then we did a little kind of treasure hunt in the house. And then by the time my eldest got to 17 years old, it had uh, progressed to a treasure hunt around the garden and they had to dig up their pyjamas <laughs> where I'd buried them. And my daughter, who was 17, she'd brought her boyfriend, her first real proper boyfriend, to the house on Christmas Eve and he was stood there watching this unfold in the back garden. And I looked at his face and I thought, I think we have gone too far this year. <laughs> they were stood out with wellies on in the teeming rain with a spade digging a hole trying to find these pyjamas. See, we're not always very good at following clues. We don't always see the hints. I couldn't see the clues in my wife's little kind of hints about what she wants for Christmas. My daughters couldn't follow the clues in the... the the clues that we gave them to find their pyjamas. And people couldn't see the clues in scripture about who Jesus would be. And so when he appears, even though there were 300 clues, no one knew who this baby was. And so God goes to the extra trouble of providing a whole sky full of angels. He provides shepherds to come and to worship this baby Jesus. A few months later, wise men come, special uh, people from a far off land, turn up to worship Jesus and to give gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You see, his son is his gift to humanity. His gift to you and me. It's not just a lovely, cute little story where we see a beautiful little baby in a manger. It is his gift to a dark, 
broken world. His gift that he wants to give to you and to me. That's what Christmas is all about. The only reason we give gifts now is in memory of the gift that Jesus was to us. Every gift that you'll receive this Christmas is a reminder of the gift of Christ to you. A gift that wasn't bought, it wasn't wrapped up, that appeared in a far-off land in a dirty little town called Bethlehem. It was laid in a manger by no more than a girl. Mary was probably between 13 and 16 years old. And there, that's where God chose to turn up. This little baby was the son of God. This little baby came to fulfill all of the prophecies about him. Not just about his birth, not just about his life, but about the way he would die and die for you and for me. We always forget, don't we, that Christmas is lovely. But we also celebrate Easter in a few months' time. And those two festivals are linked by the life of Jesus. A life lived for you and me. See, it was because of his incredible love for us that he gave us this gift. The most famous verse in the Bible says it all, doesn't it? That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what it's all about. God's love for you. God's love for, for you personally, not just for humanity, not just for this world that we live in, but God's love for you personally. See, this gift is a gift for everyone, but it's a personal gift as well. It's God saying to you, this is how much I love you. And the amazing thing is that within this gift that we call Jesus, who was Emmanuel, God himself with us, is a whole bunch of other gifts that we get to enjoy as well. See, when you have this gift in your life, when you have this Jesus in your life, you start to experience other things that you never thought you'd ever experience. Love. Joy. Peace. Hope. Jesus said that he came so that we may have life, and life in all its fullness. In other words, not just living to survive, not just getting through each day, but enjoying each and every day as a true gift from God. To see the wonder that's around you, to see the fulfill the potential that was within you. Jesus came that you may have life in all its fullness. A friend of mine, he uh, became a Christian quite late on in life. And uh, he'd been a policeman, he'd seen all sorts of things, he'd lived life, he knew what life was really like. And uh, he came on a course that we were putting on in my church, a course that we run here called Alpha. 
And partway through this course, suddenly this whole Jesus thing starts to make sense to him. And he described how one evening he just prayed to Jesus, said, Jesus, if you're really there, I want you to come into my life. And he experienced something of the love of God, just there and then in his heart. It wasn't dramatic, it wasn't massive, it's just a thing that happened to him. And he couldn't sleep that night and he got up and he stood in the doorway of his house looking out at the sky. He had a cup of tea with him and he just looked out and he says that when he looked out that night, it was like going from watching TV in black and white to TV in colour. Suddenly everything seemed different. It was all the same. It was the same streets, it was the same house, same trees in the road, same dirt in the ground, but it all seemed different. Suddenly life took on new meaning. See, that is the gift that Jesus gives us. When we suddenly invite him in, when we realise what a gift he is to each of us, we start to experience life. I became a Christian when I was 21. And I'd, uh, I'd never been to church before. I had no idea what church was like. I just thought it was... I'm not being rude here, but a lot of old ladies with blue rinses singing hymns. And I just had no clue. But I was taken to an event. And it was a, a, an event with 5,000 Christians, mainly young people. And I had kind of no experience with God at all. I, didn't, I just stood there in the midst of this tent, surrounded by 5,000 people, all worshipping Jesus. And I was thinking, what on earth is this? And at that point in my life, I was probably at the lowest point that I've ever been in. I was 21. I had my whole of my life to look forward to. And yet my life up to that point had been one of failure. Everything I'd tried to do, I couldn't even pass my driving test. You know, I'd been to university. I failed the first year. I just walked out. I'd been on the uh, dole at that point for about a year. Couldn't get a job. I'd been in a long-term relationship, and that had failed. I just didn't know where hope would come from. I didn't know where I had a future. And in that tense, I just said, well, God, if you're there, if there's anything out there that's called God, would you come into my life tonight? I had no experience at all. It was like, is that it? But it was from that point that my life changed. I suddenly realised that I had a God who cared for me. A God, as Irene said earlier, who had a plan for my life. A God who gave me hope for the future, purpose in my life, meaning and significance to all the things that I'd experienced and would go on to experience. Suddenly my life was in technicolour and not black and white. See, this is the gift of Jesus. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. This is why it's so important to Christians. It's a remembering of this incredible day when God came to earth because he loved us. And yet so often, 
that gift lies unopened. Have you ever found a gift kind of hidden underneath the back of the tree and you suddenly think, oh, who's opened that? Why hasn't anyone opened it? Whose is it? The gift of Jesus can lie unopened for a long time. You can be around the gift. You can talk about the gift. And yet still lies in its wrapper. I want to encourage you tonight, if you've never done this before, to open up your life to this gift of Jesus. And to simply say to him, Lord, would you come in? Would you be my saviour? Would you be my friend? Would you give me hope and purpose to my life? And you might not experience anything dramatic. There might not be lights in the sky or angels or anything like that. But the one thing I can say is if you follow through on that, your life will change forever. Or maybe you're a little bit like my daughter who opened her gift and saw it was a washing machine, but not the one she wanted. And we can be a bit like that with God. We have an idea of what we want our God to be like. I want my God to protect me from all the things that go wrong in life. I want my God to give me an easy life, a comfortable life. And it's not worked out for you like that. See, unfortunately, you can't choose what God will be like. God is God. And maybe you have, in the past, opened up your life a little bit to God. And you've wondered what it was all about. You wondered why things didn't get better. See, there's no promise in the Bible. Of all the promises that there are, there are hundreds of promises. There is not one promise that says your life gets easier when you have God in it. It says he gives you strength in your despair. He gives you comfort in your grief. It says he gives you hope for the future. But he doesn't take all the bad stuff away. You'll still feel grief about the people that you've lost. You'll still hurt when people treat you badly. But you have a choice, don't you, then? To go through those things with God or without God. My experience is that going through the difficult stuff with God is so much better than trying to do it on your own. And I've got friends who have been through horrendous stuff. But because of Jesus, because of his love in their lives, they've been able to get through it and come out the other side and come out better people. Not filled with bitterness or an anger. See, Jesus' name wasn't just Jesus, it was Emmanuel. God with us. And his promise to each and every one of you, when you open up this gift called Jesus, is that he will be with you forever. There will not be one day that you'll go through in your life when he isn't there with you. 
There will not be one moment in your life when he hasn't given you strength and comfort and encouragement, where he isn't pouring out his love upon you. There's one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, see how God has lavished his love upon you. Isn't that a wonderful word? Lavished. It's exuberant. It's abundance. It's not just a little bit of love. It's not a tiny little bit of love. It's not miserly. God wants to pour out his love on you. And when you look at that baby in the manger, it is because God so loved you that Jesus came. And he wants to lavish his love on each and every one of you. That's what it means to have God with you in your life. And so as you leave here tonight, and I am finishing because I did promise a friend of mine that I'd be finished by half seven so we could go to the pub. Okay? And I'm not looking at where he is, Steve. Okay? Uh, so I'm going to finish. But let me encourage you, this Christmas, don't simply go through the whole Christmas season with an unopened gift in your life. The gift of Jesus. If you truly want things to change in your life, you can try and make your life better if you want to. In a few weeks' time, you'll be making New Year's resolutions. How many of you will get through to the end of January fulfilling those resolutions? No one. If you want your life to change, if you want to discover what hope and joy and love truly are like, then I would encourage you to open up the gift called Jesus. I'm going to pray. Let's just remember the words of the angel in front of the shepherds who said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, he is the Lord, and you'll find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Lord, we thank you for all the good things that we have around us at Christmas. Lord, the families, the food, the decorations, the presents. We thank you, Lord, for all the good things that are a part of this celebration. But Lord, we thank you most of all for Jesus, the greatest gift, the only gift worth having. And Lord, I pray that for all of us, we might know the wonder of that gift in our lives. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.